What I'm sharing with you this morning, I've entitled, Putting Fear in Its Place. Doesn't that sound good? Sound like the kind of thing that we need to do. Putting fear in its place. And as an introduction, I'd like to say that we are facing tremendous fears in the world today. How many of you agree there's tremendous fears in the world today? I mean, every day we see major events taking place on the world stage, many of them troubling events. And I wanna say this, that during this time of COVID, I am of the conviction that there has been way too much fear. Way too much fear. And I believe that even amongst believers, there's been too much fear. I believe that it doesn't cause the heart of God to be pleased, but he, he wants us moving beyond that stuff. The Bible says, by the way, in the, in the last days, men's hearts will fail them on account of fear. So it would seem that in the last days, fear in general in the world will become more and more and more and more prevalent in the last days. But for the child of God, it is different. Fear affects everyone. Fear has been around since the beginning of time. And as I understand it, fear will continue to be around as long as the earth remains. Sadly, some people's lives are ruled by fear and gripped by fear, but it doesn't have to be that way. I wanna tell you, the enemy of your soul, he wants your life to be riddled with fear. He wants you to be imprisoned and bound with fear. But I wanna tell you, we are no longer slaves to fear, hallelujah. And because of the work of the cross, we can have victory over fear in our lives. So there are three things that I wanna share with you uh, around this topic of putting fear in its place. Point number one, if you understand how fear works, it can help you defeat it. Now, I know there might be people who say, I don't wanna know anything about how fear works and so on, but, but it could actually help you if you understand some of the ways in which the enemy tries to work and the fear, and if you understand how it works, it can actually help you defeat it. And a few things that I wanna say under this point, uh, which I think are very important, one of them is you have to make a choice, choose faith, not fear. You have to make a choice in these situations. You have to choose certain things. There are things that you have to purpose in your heart and walk according to them, and you have to make a choice for faith instead of for fear. Deuteronomy 30 verse 19 says, I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore choose life, that you, both you and your descendants may live. I wanna tell you when we are choosing life, we are living. We are truly living. But notice the word choose. Would you please say choose? choose? There is always a choice to make, child of God. 
And God puts two, two choices before us. He says there is life or death. There is blessing or cursing. These choices are before us. But the important thing to realize is that God cannot make the choice for you because he has given you and I a free will and we have to make the choice. God says there's life or death, blessing or cursing, and then God further helps us by telling which one is the right choice in this multiple choice examination. <laughs> and he says, therefore, choose life, that both you and your descendants may live. And so he puts the options before us, he tells us which one to choose, but we have to make the choice. Do you realize this? There is a part that you and I have to play in making the right choice. But you might say, but surely nobody would deliberately choose the enemy's plan for their lives. I mean, come on. But you know what? People actually do choose the enemy's plan through lack of understanding and because the enemy is the deceiver. And so sadly, people actually make the choice for the enemy's plan. Every time you encounter fear in a situation that you go into, you have a choice to make. The choice is, will you choose fear, which is the enemy's plan, or will you choose faith, which is God's plan? And the wonderful thing is the more you make the right choice, the easier it becomes in your life. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You've been walking with God for a good couple of years now, and you have trained yourself in accordance with the word to make the right choice for life and for blessing. There's others of you that you haven't got that much victory in this area of your life. It's okay. You can begin to take baby steps, and you can end up becoming stronger and stronger in this area. But you have a choice to make. Choose faith, not fear. Also, another thing we need to know in understanding this thing of fear and how it works and defeating it is that fear is based on lies and we don't have, enough, we don't have time for lies. <laughs> you agree with that? Behind the fear, there's always a lie. And the enemy, he wants to try to tell you that it's gonna be better, but it's a lie. He wants to tell you it'll be better if you leave your wife and you go after that person, but it is a lie. It is a lie. And so fear is based on lies and, and we don't have time for lies. Now, there's the well-known acronym for fear, which is false evidence appearing real. I'm sure you've also heard of the statement, fear is a liar. Please say that with me. Fear is a liar. And I believe that that statement is very true. So if fear is a lie, my question to you is, why on earth do we spend so much time believing lies? It's crazy, it doesn't make sense. And so that's why when we look at the truth of the word of God like this, this craziness suddenly becomes apparent and we purpose in our hearts that no, we don't wanna believe lies anymore. And so make a decision in your heart, purpose in your heart. Say, I've had enough of lies in my life. I'm gonna stop believing the lies of the devil. John 8 verse 44 says that he, the devil, is a liar and the father of lies. You see, the devil is ultimately behind every single lie that exists. 
And I wanna say to you, don't give him the time of day because the Bible says that there is no truth in him, that's the devil. There's no truth in him. And so we are people of the truth. We serve the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. And so our focus should be on where truth is. We wanna believe truth. So fear is based on lies. And we don't have time for that. Another very interesting thing that uh, I wanna share with you around uh, understanding fear and how it works is listen to this. Don't wait for feelings of fear to disappear. Do it afraid. Now that's an interesting one. Would you please say after me, do it afraid. Now this is talking about baby steps and beginning to take a step where previously you were too fearful, but now you're gonna pray and you're gonna trust God and you're gonna take that step and then you're gonna take another step, but it starts by beginning to do it afraid. The fact that we feel fear in our lives does not mean that we have to live in fear and wallow in fear. Now the Bible says very clearly in a couple of places, it says, do not be afraid. Please say those words with me. Do not be afraid. And when the Bible says do not be afraid, this does not necessarily mean that we won't experience feelings of fear, but it's saying that when we experience those feelings, despite those feelings, we need to push ahead and push past and move past those feelings. Very important. Now, the scripture is Joshua 1 verse nine, and I'll read it to you. And God is speaking to Joshua, who is now taken over from Moses. Joshua is now leading the people, and he has to lead them into the promised land, into what God has for them. And this is what God's instruction is to Joshua. God said, be strong, Joshua, and of good courage. And then these words, do not be afraid. This is God talking to Joshua. I would submit to you today that God is saying this to you today, child of God. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid nor dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, Joshua would have almost certainly felt fears. Because, I mean, he's about to go into the promised land and this isn't the land that's all clear and like a big, nice lifestyle resort. There's nobody in it, you just go into it. No, there's inhabitants of the land. These inhabitants have to be defeated. There's some giants that have to be killed. And so you can imagine, surely there must have been some fear in Joshua, but God was saying to him effectively, don't give in to the fear, push past the fear and believe what I will bring you to in your life. And so when it says, do not be afraid, I believe that it's pushing past those fears and believing. Because if you wait for feelings of fear to disappear, you might be waiting for the rest of your life. Somebody says, well, I'll go do it, or or I'll go write, write my driver's license once I've got no fear at all. You might be waiting a very long time to write that driver's license test. You need to actually just say, well, I'm gonna do it afraid. I'm gonna take baby steps. I'm gonna move one step uh, at a time. Joyce Meyer, she says the following. Courage is not the absence of fear. It is moving forward despite the presence of fear. 
And then she tells a story, Joyce Meyer does, which really affected her. She said, I heard a story, and it was about a woman that was bound by fear. She was really imprisoned by fear. She lived a lonely existence, she was isolated, and she in particular had fear of the dark, and she didn't wanna go out and drive at night. She was extremely fearful about driving at night. And so she complained to her friend about this fear that she had. This was a Christian friend. And the friend then said to her, with a smile on her face, but why don't you just do it afraid? <laughs> and this lady began to feel challenged by this, and it helped her begin to take steps. And Joyce Meyer said that this helped her in her own life not to wait for every little bit of fear to disappear, but you begin to move out because you believe that God is with you and you step ahead and you do it afraid and eventually you'll have greater, greater victory. Is this getting to, through to anybody here today? I trust it is. And so may I ask you today, what are you afraid of? What is something that you would really like to do but you're afraid to do it? And I say to you today, what if you just did it afraid? Maybe you could discover yourself going into new things that you have never done before. We shouldn't be running away from intimidating situations, but be willing to do it afraid. And it is about being courageous in the face of fear, despite fear. And this concept, this idea, folks, it could actually radically change your life. I believe that God is speaking to people here today. Ephesians 6, verse 13, it says, take up the shield of faith. Everybody say faith. Say it a bit louder. Take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Now, I believe that fear is like a flaming dart and it comes from the enemy. And the only way that we can extinguish those darts is by lifting up the shield of faith and we can quench and extinguish every flaming dart. And I want to say to you, child of God, let your shield of faith be lifted up. Come on today, let your shield of faith be lifted up and let faith arise in this place because that is what will extinguish those darts so they don't get right into your heart and into your situation. Let faith arise. Number one, if you understand how fear works, it will help you defeat it. Number two, don't let fear dictate your decisions. Put fear in its place. And I believe that when we put fear in its place, we put it under our feet because we have the enemy under our feet and we are in a place of dominion. But you know, it's as though you and I need to come to a place where we refuse to be controlled by our fears anymore. Where we say, ah, my decisions and my life, I will not let it be controlled by fear. And we get upset with fear. We, we get fed up with it and we say, enough is enough. And this could be a moment in your life today as you're listening to this message where you are actually drawing a line in the sand and say, I'm so tired of this being in my life, dominating my life, making me live a cowering existence that I'm saying enough is enough. I'm gonna believe God's word. I'm not gonna let the devil stop me from who I need to become. 
And so maybe some of you need to get really fed up and you say, enough is enough. Some people have allowed fear to become so entrenched in their lives that they think living with fear is normal. I want to tell you today, let the scales come off of your eyes. Fear is not normal in the heart of the believer because God has not given you a spirit of fear. Fear has got to go. Tell the person next to you, fear has got to go. And also realize that you are not at the mercy of every random thought that pops into your mind. But when a thought pops into your mind, let's say it's a negative and a fearful thought, you are not at the mercy of that thought, but you are in charge of your mind under Christ Jesus, and then you make choices. Good thought, bad thought, you separate. It's like separating the trash, you know, from the stuff you wanna recycle. I don't know, maybe that's not the best example, but anyhow, it's like, you know, making a point that you wanna focus on good thoughts. And it says in 2 Corinthians uh, 10, verse five, it says, casting down arguments and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and then listen to this, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That is what putting fear in its place is all about. You see, there are thoughts that come into your mind, but you don't have to let them run all over your mind. If it's a bad thought, you bring it into captivity. If it's a fearful thought, you bring it into captivity, and you say, I do not allow this to dominate my mind and my heart. I put it under me. It's in dominion. And so that's what putting fear is all, in its place is all about, capturing the rebellious thought, putting it under your feet. I was thinking of a water filter, how many of you have some form of a water filter in your home, a jug or something in the fridge or whatever? Some, some people have it connected to their, you know, their main uh, tap on the sink and so on. And what is the purpose of that? It basically catches bad particles. So the idea is that the good water comes through and that it catches bad particles. Well, we need to do that in our thought life. We need to filter out bad particles and let the good water flow into our soul. Folks, let me ask you this. Have you ever noticed that fear tries to stop you? Fear tries to stop you, firstly, from being the person that God has called you to be, and it tries to stop you from doing things in life that you would maybe love to do, but because you're scared, you don't do those things. Maybe you might be listening to me today and you are very scared of flying. I don't know, maybe something happened and you developed a fear in terms of that, and actually you miss out on so much because you're scared of flying and it affects the quality of your life. And I want to encourage you, don't let fear stop you. Begin to even do it afraid. Begin to pray. Say, thank you, God, you're with me. I'm gonna book my first flight and I'm gonna go fly and I'm gonna get victory over this thing. The enemy is not gonna stop me. We need to determine this in our hearts. I wanna ask you, which is worse? Confronting your fears or putting up with them for the rest of your life? I would submit it's better to confront them instead of living with them for the rest of your life. Maybe as you're listening to me, you have somebody who is manipulating you. They control you, they manipulate you with their thoughts and their emotions and so on, 
and it's actually highly unpleasant. But you think I can't confront them because if I confront them, there's gonna be a blow up. Well, maybe it is way overdue that you have that blow up and that you face the consequences of it instead of living with it for the rest of your life. Come on. And make, a, make it a purpose in your heart that I'm gonna speak to this person, whether they like it or not, I am taking a stand. I'm nobody's doormat and I'm gonna stand up for who God has called me to be. So which is worse, confronting your fears or putting up with the rim for the rest of your life, I wanna say to you today, under the power of the Spirit, I wanna say, confront the fears that you have got a silent truce with and say no more, I will confront these things. Can I get an amen? amen. James 4 verse seven says the following, therefore, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Resist the devil. Please say those words. Resist the devil. A little louder. Resist the devil. Just to make it clear, the devil is the source of all fear. He is behind every fear and he is trying to damage my life. He's trying to damage your life. But when we accept the fear that he tries to put onto us, we are giving him a foothold. The Bible says, do not give the enemy a foothold. And I wanna say to you that we must not accept the fear, we must not give him a foothold, but resist him in Jesus' name, and you have the power of the Spirit of God to resist him, and the Bible says, and he will flee. And so part of living a life of victory over fear is that we realize the fear is coming from the enemy, we realize God has given us authority, and there are many times when we say, fear, I resist you. Satan, I resist you in Jesus' name, and because the Bible says you must flee, you will flee in the name of Jesus. Don't give him a foothold. And by the way, after you have resisted the fear, then go a step further and say, now God, would you please fill me with boldness? Would you please fill me with courage? Would you please fill me with confidence? I wanna stand secure. Point number three, use, this is the last point, point number three, use the truth of God's word to build a healthy mindset. Please say that with me. Use the truth of God's word to build a healthy mindset. I wanna be a person that is living with a healthy mindset. I know in my own life, the enemy often tries to come and attack me with fear. And you know in your own life, you face that as well. But I believe that we need to build a healthy mindset that doesn't make room for the enemy. Now, I've re I would like to say this, the only thing that can bring you true victory over fear is when you will replace thoughts of fear with truths from the Word of God. That is a key. You see, the Word of God is truth, totally, completely, pure truth. But when the lie comes, you have to say, well, I'm not gonna embrace it, I'm not gonna give the devil a foothold, and then you speak the truth of the Word of God into that situation. It is the Word of God, folks, that is massively important to give you victory in this. Now, there are several space, uh, places in Scripture where we find this reassurance. Listen to this. Fear not, 
for I am with you. Please say that with me. Fear not, for I am with you. And it is such a beautiful uh, thing. It is such a beautiful reassurance, beautiful words. And one of the places where we find that is in Isaiah 41, verse 10. And God is speaking. This is what God says. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. This God that's with us, he's our God. I will strengthen you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You will strengthen me. And look at this. Yes, I will help you. Wow, God, in the situation where I'm facing fear, thank you that you will help me. And it says, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Now, I wanna ask you a question. What is the only reason given in Scripture that tells us the reason why we should not be afraid. And this is the reason, because of this reality that God is with us. Let that sink in, please. Please let that sink in a little bit deeper. Why shouldn't I fear? Because God's with me. And because God's with me, that really makes all the difference. And I wanna reassure you, he is with every single child of God. He lives on the inside of you. God is with you, therefore we should not be afraid. And so no matter what's happening in my life, no matter the problems and the challenges, when I realize that God is with me, then I know, okay, I can face this. I'm not facing it on my own. And by the way, why are kids often so scared on the first day of school? First day of school, you know, there they're off and they've got their little, you know, little uh, scoot, uh, suitcase for school and they've got these clothes that look like they're way too big for them and they get dropped off at school on that first morning and, and then they get very scared. Now, why do they actually get scared? And this is why, because mommy leaves. They don't realize that mommy's not gonna stay. Mommy leaves and mommy goes and they left without people that they know. That's why kids get so scared. But I wanna tell you, your heavenly father, he will never leave you nor forsake you and your heavenly father is with you. Can we give the Lord a hand of praise for that? He's with us. Now listen to this statement. Knowing that he is with us should be enough. Even if you don't have another scripture to meditate on, this should be enough. Fear not, for I am with you. God, this reality of knowing that you are with me, this is enough. And I wanna encourage some of you to meditate on that scripture. Now, as I'm moving towards a close, I wanna share with you what I believe is the most powerful verse of scripture in the Bible uh, for overcoming fear. Please turn to 2 Timothy chapter one and verse seven. 2 Timothy one verse seven. And I'll read it to you. This is what it says. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Wow, I can hear many of you have memorized it. For those of you that haven't yet memorized, by the way, how many of you have memorized that scripture? Raise a hand if that's you, wonderful. For those of you that haven't, it is muy importante. Please memorize that verse of scripture. 
It is powerful. And so I wanna say, based on that, realize this, God has not given us a spirit of fear. It does not come from Him. He will never, ever, 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 ever give you fear. He will never, ever place fear upon you. It does not come from Him. It comes from the enemy. He will never, ever give you fear. Say after me, God will never, ever put fear upon me. Now say hallelujah. But he will give you every good and perfect gift. That's what the Bible tells me. And so instead of fear, we have a spirit of power. And I believe the correct way of understanding 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 is to realize that instead of fear, listen carefully, we have a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of a sound mind. Now, maybe you never understood it that way, but I would submit to you that this is accurate or correct biblical interpretation or hermeneutics, as the theologians say. And the Amplified Bible confirms it by saying, but God... He has given us a spirit of power. So it's not just power, love, and a sound mind. It's a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of a sound mind. Now you might say, well, why the need for a spirit of power? And here's the answer. Because in the natural man, you cannot defeat fear fully, but you need the power of God to defeat the spirit of fear. And that's why we have received a spirit of power. Listen to what one theologian says. He says, the spirit of power is the spirit of man indwelt by the spirit of God imparting power and that power chases out the fear. That is so beautiful. It reminds me once again how important the precious Holy Spirit is in our lives. Also, I'm drawing to a close. Instead of fear, we have a spirit of love. So it's not only a spirit of power, we've got a spirit of love. What is that all about? It's about the fact that God says, perfect love drives out fear. The bottom line is this, that we need to open up our hearts afresh and say, God, Father, Please flood me with your love. I've got the situation, it's quite intimidating. I'm feeling a little bit fearful, but thank you that I have a spirit of love, which means that my spirit is being indwelt by the Holy Spirit and he sheds abroad the love of God in my heart. And this literally dispels fear. When we open up our hearts to the love of God, God actually displaces that fear and it goes out of our hearts. The, the love of God pushes the fear away from your heart. It's just what happens. It's like switching on light. The darkness just disappears because the light displaces it. And when we open up ourselves to the love of God, fear is just displaced because that's what the love of God does. It displaces fear. And also then, lastly, that uh, instead of fear, we have a spirit of a sound mind. Now, why the need for a spirit of a sound mind? Because a sound mind does not make room for fear. A sound mind says, this is not true, it's nonsense. I will not entertain what the enemy is trying to be putting into my mind. 
Listen to this statement. No person is fearless all the time, but those who cultivate the spirit of a sound mind experience high and stable levels of victory. Praise the Lord. And so some people might be saying, or, or you might be thinking, well, in this world with so many stresses and so many pressures, how can I truly have victory in my mind? And I wanna say, here's the answer. Through Jesus Christ, we are able to have the spirit of a sound mind. This is what God has given to you. And so I wanna say, praise God that we do not have a spirit of fear. Never, ever, 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 ever will God give you a spirit of fear, but instead we have a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of a sound mind. Now go ahead and give God thanks for all that He has made available to you. And I wanna tell you, God has set you up for success. And realize that when you are afraid, understand, that he is with you and that that is enough. Let's stand and pray. And then we're gonna go into communion. Father, we just wanna thank you for this message right now in Jesus' name. And Father, in Jesus' name, we declare that we are drawing a line right now. We're drawing a line and we're saying enough is enough. We believe that we do not need to fear because you are with us. And we thank you, Heavenly Father, for a spirit of love, a spirit of power, and a spirit of a sound mind. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you take your seats, please? We're gonna partake in communion. <laughs> Sorry, I actually forgot that we've got communion. I'm having such a good time preaching here. <laughs> Sometimes leading a service, let me tell you, it's difficult to remember everything. But I trust that those watching, you have the bread and the cup. And let me read the scripture and then we will partake. It says in Matthew 26, as they were eating, Jesus took a small loaf of bread and blessed it and broke it apart. And he gave it to his disciples, he said, Take it and eat it, for this is my body. And then he took a cup of wine and gave thanks for it and gave it to them and said, each one drink from it, for this is my blood, sealing the new covenant and it is poured out to forgive the sins of multitudes. Father, right now we lift up the bread before you. Thank you that this bread symbolizes the body of Jesus Christ. As we break this right now, we remind ourselves of the price you paid on the cross because of your great love for us, the body of the Lord broken for you. And now, Lord, we lift up the cup. And Lord, I'm very grateful that today it's not just a handful of people partaking of the cup here physically. I just wanna say thank you, Lord, that there are several hundred people partaking of the cup physically and also online. Thank you, Lord, this cup represents the blood of Jesus Christ 
that cleanses us from all our sin and iniquity. We confess to you anything that we've said or done or thought lately that hasn't been right. We're sorry, Lord, but thank you for the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all unrighteousness. The blood of the Lord shed for you. Now just keep your eyes closed just for a few moments and let that gratitude just arise in your heart. Thank you, Jesus, for the cross. Thank you for life. Thank you for eternal life. Thank you for your blessing. Lord, we also thank you for today that we've been able to gather like this physically with so many people present. I bless your people. I pray lastly for the oil of joy to be upon them in a double portion and that you would give them a wonderful week. In Jesus' name, and we all say, amen, amen. amen. God bless you, everybody.